0: Shotglassdigital.com.
1: this episode of Geek Out Loud, we're brought to you by Audible.com. Get your free Audible trial at audibletrial.com slash geekout. Over 150,000 titles to choose from. This is a Goaliverse Reads episode on your safe place to geek out. Welcome to Geek Out Loud, your safe place to geek out on the internet. My name's Steve Glosson, so glad to be along with you as tonight is a very special Goaliverse Reads Book Club episode, and we're taking a look together at Air to the Jedi. And looking forward to talking some wars, looking forward to talking some good stuff. Before we get into that, thanks everyone for clicking the Amazon links at geekoutonline.com and geekoutpodcast.com to do all of your Amazon shopping. It means the world to me, and uh, it helps us out a big, bad way here at the Goaliverse, as well as those of you who support us directly through Patreon at patreon.com slash geekoutloud. Thank you so much for your support of the Goaliverse at patreon.com slash geekoutloud. I hope that what I did in the intro counts as a good pre-roll for Audible. We are brought to you by Audible. Dot com. Get your free audible, audible trial, 30 day trial, and a free audiobook at audibletrial.com slash geek out. Now, to do this thing upright, we gotta bring in the two people who the keep the whole thing going, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, they keep the Goodreads groups going. They keep uh, they keep me on task. They keep things happening all over the place. First, of course, is our good friend from up in Illinois, ladies and gentlemen, bald-headed Rod. What's up, Rod? Not much, Steve. How are we doing? Doing well, doing well. Had a had a friend stop by earlier and uh, caused us to be late. As usual, as most people know, we're always late with the Goldiverse stuff, so I'm sure Doc will point that out in the chat. Also, along with us, for the first time in a Goldiverse Reads book club, Gold, I guess the Goldiverse book club, I keep saying Goldiverse Reads, I don't know why, um, Goldiverse Book Club uh episode, she is, I guess, she is the administrator of the Goodreads group over at uh, geekoutonline.com slash reads. Ladies and gentlemen, our good friend, Nicole.
0: Hello, everybody. Oh,
1: hello. <laughs> Nicole rules with an iron fist. Firm <laughs> but fair. I'm
0: firm but I'm fair. Now, th-
1: <laughs> are you like banning people? Are you bringing the ban hammer
0: down on people, Nicole? Yeah. No, never, I wouldn't, well, I'm
1: pretty close <laughs> to banning Doc, but oh, Lord. that's another story Jeez, jeez, don't be banning Doc So, but no, you kind of make sure, like, guys, honestly, I went over, I'm the host of Geek Out Loud, alright And I go over there to um, find out about all of this, uh, you know, poll stuff and everything And see what we're looking at on some of these polls I can't see the results until it's over Nicole won't let me no, she won't let me either. She
2: did. I tried from the get go, and she was like, "Nope."
1: Nicole, that's shady. Now, come on.
0: How is that shady? I don't want you guys <laughs> trying to fix the fix the pole there.
1: But but I wouldn't try to fix it. I would just like to know what's happening in you know my Golaverse. <laughs> yeah. Steve says I got a credit. What do I need to use it on? <laughs> exactly. Exactly. I got I got an Audible credit. I need to know what I'm going to be listening to on the way to work. So. <laughs>
0: You'll know when everybody else knows when the <laughs> poll is over.
1: <laughs> Iron fist. Ah, so Nicole, do you just pick the books you like?
0: No, Steve. We have a thread where everybody recommends books for the next month, and then I put a poll up with those books. And hey, it's every- I send out messages. I let people know.
1: All right.
2: If
0: you don't, if you don't put your two cents in, you can't really complain. That's but, my whole
1: oh. I mean, we kind of have to trust her. I mean, uh, Nicole, can we just? uh, I feel like you're coming in with a bit of an attitude right now.
0: No, never. I'm just saying. I don't want to hear. That's why I put. That's why I do things the way I do them. No, nobody can say that. Rod and I, we just, we just. Hey, this is the book. You read it whether you like it or not.
1: Gotcha. Every
0: it's a democracy. Everybody gets their chance to pick.
1: I hear you. Well, now we are technically what? Are we behind a month? Uh, we're show. behind
2: a couple weeks. We usually try and go around the middle of the month. Yeah, but we, I think we try to keep the books available, like what you are reading a month ahead of time. That way, everybody's right. got a chance. We know everybody gets busy, and so this way, everybody's got a chance to plan ahead and say, "Okay, yeah, I need to read Ready Player One now," and something by C.S. Lewis. Somebody will have to refresh me on that one.
1: All right. Now, Nicole, generally, let me ask you this: Generally, you start the discussion for the pick for that month on what day of the month?
0: I try to. I figure well, nobody's going to have the book read in a week, so I try to do it like middle of the second week of the month, give me the third week of the month.
1: So what I'm saying though is, okay. So what I I get, yeah. So the post, but like like for the July recommendations, you started this on. Oh, you started it like before July, before June first, and so and you keep them up till middle of the month to see what. To the first post is recommendations. And right. then you go through all of those recommendations in the post, and you make them into a poll. Right. Wherein people vote to see which one we're going to be discussing that month. Right. All right. You can find all this at our Goodreads page by going to geekoutonline.com slash read. So, for example, next month, the book for this month that we'll be discussing next month is Ready Player One. Yes. Okay. And then we've already got our book for the following month, of the month of July, that we'll be discussing in August, which is Out of the Silent Planet by C.S. Lewis.
0: You're correct, sir.
1: Okay. And then at the end of this month, we'll have the the suggestions for August go. Basically, I just want to say, this thing's running smoother than I ever thought it would. Well, that's because Nicole took over. Oh, you know, okay. She took over
2: that part. Now, if it was... Me running that part too would right. not be running near the smooth. Okay. Let's be honest. I think all right. we all know that.
1: Well, I, listen, I'm not. I'm not going to comment one way or the other. I'm just. I'm glad it's running smoothly. I mean, we may have our own. Po- we may have yet another podcast spin out of Geek Out Loud with this bad boy.
2: Man, we're like the CW and our superhero shows with your with your spinoffs. I know, right?
1: <laughs> so here we go. Well. Um, <clears throat> There is a little bit of book news, Rod, you mentioned, that you want to bring well, to the table? I just wanted to say two things.
2: I know Doc was a big fan of the book. Jonathan Strange and Mr. Norrell has been made into a miniseries that's currently airing on the BBC America. Ooh. I know that book won a lot of awards, and a lot of people have liked it, so I just wanted to give everybody a heads up on that one. And also, I was excited to hear that Hyperion by Dan Simmons, which I will probably try multiple times to get on this podcast, is okay. being made into a show.
1: <laughs> now, what, what is Hyperion about?
2: Uh, Hyperion is basically Dan Simmons is a great author, but he does a lot of "I'm smart and here's why I'm smart." So he basically it's Canterbury Tales retold in a sci-fi future oh, okay. alien planet.
1: Well, that seems interesting.
2: Yeah, I'm actually what, uh, listening to one of his books now, Ilium, which he's managed to sneak, sneak
1: Shakespeare and the Iliad into a book. In the future. Well, I, this listen, my experience with Hyperion goes to this. There was a, a superhero from a group called the Squadron Supreme, which was Marvel's way of kind of poking fun at the Avengers, or I'm sorry, at the Justice League. And the Squadron Supreme showed up to fight the Avengers, and the leader was a guy named Hyperion. Yes, and then
2: later a uh, series written by J. Michael Straczynski. That's think, right.
1: Yep, yeah, that's right. That's right. The old Squadron Supreme. So... That's my extent of that knowledge, and there's a lot of there's a lot of geek stuff going on right now in the news that we're gonna to have to do a geek out loud episode proper to get to so um so we'll do that, but tonight we're talking air to the jedi. the number to call in if you want to call in and, and put your two cents worth in on air to the jedi is nine one two three eight six four two nine four nine one two three eight six four two nine four or if you've got us on Skype, just hit us up on Skype. We'll bring you into the group call and uh and we're gonna talk some Air to the Jedi. And we're gonna jump right into it because of uh the late hour of the live show at mixer dot com slash uh Now, uh do we want to jump into some emails right off the bat?
2: Uh we can. Do you do you uh have them I sure up and ready to go. I sure do. I sure Man, do. So much more organized than
1: I am. Um, now, was there a this is here? Here comes my ignorance. Um, was there a some questions, some discussion questions put forth by you, Rod, on this thing? Uh,
2: yeah, I always try and put discussion questions. Actually, this was more thoughts this month than questions. I didn't okay. have as many questions. All but. right.
1: Um well Wendy Cooper from the High Desert chimes in. She says, Hey Reeds gang, my thought on the heir to the Jedi are as follows Yes, yes, no, agreed maybe. That's from Wendy. She says here's the real answers. Didn't love the book, didn't hate it, since it was narrated in the first person it put me off and unlike the Martian never got me back with its wit. It was a throwaway adventure with throwaway characters and I think that's a shame. This book didn't have to be canon because we know nothing new that we didn't know already before, which disappointed me. I mean, it's canon now, so let's make it count, at least a little. Um, we're going to have to discuss canon tonight, guys. I did, however, think the author did a good job of capturing the struggle Luke had with trying to figure out the Force. Also, it helped me remember that Luke wasn't always a Jedi master. I've, always, I've been so accustomed to reading about Luke's fabulous control and manipulations of the Force that I'd forgotten that he was once a youngling without a clue. Air brought back the Innocent Luke, which kind of cleans the palate for the Luke that is to come in Episode 7. The EU Luke is gone. The new Innocent Luke has sort of given my brain recalibration, forgetting what is behind and looking forward to what is ahead. As for questions, was I alone in thinking the author did a good job in capturing an immature Luke? Uh, Yes, absolutely. Luke is unsure and unlearned. These are your questions, right, Rod, that she's talking about? Yes. Luke is unsure and unlearned, not only in the Force, but in the universe as a whole. Contrast between Luke and Leia. Luke, small town, immature. Leia, grown up in a world of politics and intrigue. Luke is an absolute rube, but that's not a bad thing. Being a rube myself, I kind of like it. But you can tell that he still hasn't gotten used to being in the great big universe yet, which has its charm. Did anyone else feel that Nakari's dad was overdone? Was this only in the audio version? Yes, I did, and I was disappointed by it. Says Wendy. He was so big and so over the top that I was hoping uh, that he was going to have a bigger part, like end up being a bad guy or screw the whole mission because of the bigness got in the way. Him just having a big personality in such a small adventure seemed like a waste to me. Did you feel it was heavy-handed? Question. Did you feel it was heavy-handed having Luke put his dad on a pedestal hoping he was a good guy? No, no. Because this isn't kind of, uh, isn't this kind of what we, peop- we do as people anyway. Why wouldn't his dad be great? His dad fought the freaking Clone Wars. He was the best pilot in the galaxy. Why would Luke be so, no, when Vader told him the truth? I mean, your dad being the worst dude in the galaxy is bad, but you've put him up on a pedestal and then found out he's the worst dude in the galaxy? Well, I may have jumped too. Even a wise Jedi doesn't understand women. Agreed. <laughs> we are complex, she says, on behalf of those of my sex. I apologize, but not really. Luke grieving over Nakari and everyone else seemed forced. This is Rod's statement. Wendy says, maybe, but then we never see him grieve over anyone in the films. Luke does that pouty-whiny thing in New Hope. I mean, really, we know he was just wanting the pretty girl to take pity on him and give him more kisses. He wasn't really grieving, but then he didn't really have time either. This was a good opportunity for him to do so. And that's from Wendy in the high desert. Are you really going to let that fly, by the way, the subject line? Uh, The subject line was... Hair, <laughs> hair of the Jedi. Nice. Nice. Um, <clears throat> Matthew Marks chimes in uh, with some long emails. And he says, uh, probably won't be able to call a night, so I'll email in some of my thoughts. Read this book a few months ago when it first came out, so it's been a while. It seems like my opinion has gone down since I finished the book. When I was reading the book, I was thinking it was all right, nothing special. But now when I look back, my first thought is, that book was no good. I think part of the reason for this is that the book should have been amazing, but it was only okay. And it makes me realize there are several ways to talk about how good or bad the book is. One, as a book. Two, as a Star Wars book. Three, as a piece of official Star Wars canon. And four, as one of the first few books in the new official Star Wars canon. I think as a book, Heir to the Jedi is okay, but not something I would really recommend to anyone else. As a Star Wars book, it's nothing special. I didn't read a ton of EU, so this probably would not have been one I would have picked up. As a piece of official Star Wars canon, it has some interesting things to contribute. Luke wondering about his father and the hearing about the stories of the Jedi and the Clone Wars. I also love any tie-in to the Clone Wars and new canon. Like the planet the Rebel fleet was orbiting being that ice planet from the Clone Wars episode with the Tows. I can see these references and think, ha, Clone Wars does count. But as one of the first books in the new canon, it really falls flat. We got this big announcement of how the slate is being wiped clean and everything from here on out will be part of the unified Star Wars story, and they announced the first few books, one of them being a first-person Luke story taking place after New Hope. This is going to be great, right? Well, not really. Kind of felt like standard run the mill EU. That sounds like I'm bashing the EU, but I'm not. I feel like there were some great books in the EU, Darth Plagueis, the Throne Trilogy, etc., but they tended to be big events. This one feels like one of the books that comes out of between those bigger releases, which is not a bad book. But it's nothing that would make the best-sellers list or the headlines. The book had a couple of cool stories, like Luke negotiating with the arms dealers to get more weapon, getting the math character, whose name completely escaped me off-planet, was cool. But in all those little stories, I kept wondering what the main story of the book was going to be. I thought, okay, so they have to do this mission so they can get this funding, so they can go on that mission, so the Alliance can accomplish this mission. When does the story start? There were a couple of things that felt too real-world and not Star wars enough. Um... The Darth Vader's mini prosthetic limb thing. The noodle delivery thing was kind of weird too. And while Luke experimenting with moving things in the force was cool, the fact that he was practicing it on a noodle was kind of weird to me. (laughs) From what I've heard, this is one of those books that was already in the pipeline before they decided to scrap the EU and start over. So they made a couple of edits and released it as new canon. Um, That's all I can remember about the book. I'll be interested to hear what other people thought of the book, especially what they think of each of those four categories I mentioned. Sorry for the long email, and that's from Matt Marks. Now, we have from Dylan a voicemail, um, and I don't know if Dylan wants to give us a call since he's in the chat or if he wants us to play the voicemail. So, Dylan, as I find this uh, final email that just came in under the wire, uh, let us know in the chat what your plans are and what you'd have us do about you, sir. Uh, guys, I'm blowing through these because I want to get into a discussion with you guys, especially about the things that Mark brought up. I thought that Mark brought up a great point about we, we need to discuss this thing as Star Wars canon. We need to really discuss the whole idea of Star Wars canon uh, before we get into this thing. And um, and Mark gives, gives some good, you know, what about as a story, as a Star Wars story, as a canon story, and then the other one. Uh, <laughs> greetings, President Rod. This comes from Sarah. Greetings, President Rod, First Lady, Nicole, and Distinguished Dignitary Steve. Wow. I have been degraded, guys. Just a quick note, or demoted, I should say. Just a quick note to share my opinion of Heir to the Jedi. In a nutshell, this book reads like a collection of short stories rather than a progressive novel. Can't you just picture Luke sitting around the campfire with a bunch of buddies talking about that time he cheated death by flying so close to the enemy ship that no one could get a shot lined up? The probability of success was smaller than a flea on Ewok, but thanks to my superior flying skills, I not only defeated the enemy, but I also got the girl. Or him trying to convince Luke Jr. to do his math homework because you never know when you might need a quadratic equation to impress a given cryptologist. And if you don't understand something, ask C-3PO or Aunt Leia. I'm a Jedi, not a mathematician, dang it. That's a little too Star Trek-y. A little too Star trek Anyway, I thought I was. it was an entertaining read, but I see how a more knowledgeable Star Wars enthusiast could be bored with the plot... For example, I enjoyed Luke's explanation of how the Force works and how you have to use the Force to build a lightsaber because of the crystals. I thought it was interesting because it was new to me. I also cheered a little when he moved the noodle for the first time. So we got one anti-noodle, one pro-noodle, gang. That might be the new question of the night. That may pro be. anti-noodle. Yeah, pro or anti-noodle. Yay, but the Flexi and skull borer gave me nightmares. How are you supposed to fight something you can't see? Watch Predator, Sarah. Watch Predator. Took that uh, uh, planet off my galactic bucket list for sure. Uh, no siree, never going to happen. Well, that's my nutshell. Thanks for reading. Looking forward to Ready Player One next month. Stay geeky, my friends. And that's from Sarah in Georgia. So, um, Nicole, what would you think of the Star Wars Heir to the Jedi?
0: Um, I thought it was an alright book. Because my, let's see, the first my first introduction to Star Wars canon, mm-hmm. I believe, it will be the Thrawn Trilogy, and I loved it.
1: Sure, sure, yes.
0: So with this book, I was like, okay, I've read Thrawn. That was such a good storyline there. Mm-hmm. This one, and then I was like, oh, wow, this is so, meh. Okay. Not that great. Then right. I, You know, I kept yeah. ra- reading it because I'm the op- ever the optimist. I'm like, it's going to get better. It's going to get better. Oh, I only have one more chapter left. It's not going to get better. <laughs>
3: Never
1: mind. How well versed in the Star Wars expanded universe were you before it became Legends?
0: Just Thrawn. That was it. Really? Just the just, Thrawn trilogy? I, you know, but, you know, I have this kind of ocd thing. Right. So I, you know, I read Thrawn. I was like, wait, this is not the beginning, is it? Let me go search out and see because, and you inspired me. You did a podcast on the... I was like, I need to read these books from. I need to start with the first book, and I just haven't got gotten there yet. Right. Because I just that's my OC. I just have to start from the beginning with something. Well, as those that follow me on Twitter know, with the Doctor Who episodes, I started with the first Doctor. I'm currently on the fifth Doctor right now. Wow! Wow! One day I will make it. (laughs) What, so the current doctor and watching the same time as everybody
1: else. One day you'll <laughs> yeah. catch up to Matt Smith and, and on into Peter Capaldi, huh?
2: Exactly.
1: Um, uh, Wendy's a lot
2: like me. I, I'm like that. If there's a series, I'm like, I have to start from the beginning. And it is very rare that if I start something that I don't finish it book-wise.
1: Well, the interesting thing about the way that Star Wars novels were published starting in the 90s with that Thrawn trilogy is they began to jump around the timeline a lot. And so, you know, you, you kind of have to choose, do I want to do this via the timeline or do I want to do it the way it was published? And either way works, because one of the things that, that kind of worked is though there was a, though, this, though there is a cohesive universe eventually, it's not one cohesive story. You know, there, there are past things that are referenced in future books, but it's never like, oh, you have to read this to understand this um you know now you if you're within a series like the new jedi order or the jedi academy trilogy or the thron trilogy yeah you're going to need to read those books in that series to get what's going on but overall you don't have to be well versed in 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 that just like we saw with air of the empire you, you know really the only knowledge you needed uh for air to the empire was to have watched star wars the original star wars you didn't need anything else um and and you would have had all the information you needed, um, Rod. You're now now you've admitted to me that you're kind of coming to this. You feel like at a bit of a disadvantage as 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 far as your Star Wars knowledge goes.
2: Oh, absolutely. I mean, when when you're on here or or Teresa or Daniel and he in Erish, I mean, it's like, holy crap, these guys know their Star Wars. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, so uh, and I'm trying to dip my toe in the water, but. Mm-hmm. The thing that scares me is, like Nicole was saying, I'm a lot like her, yeah, so I feel like if I start, am I going to be able to stop?
1: Yeah, well, probably not. Rejoice though, guys, because now with the with the new canon, you don't have to uh jump into you know all the old stuff.
0: Oh yes, I do.
1: Oh well yeah, yeah well hey, guys so uh, we do we're going to play the voicemail here from Dylan.
4: Hey guys, this is Dylan Newhouse calling from the middle of nowhere. Hi Dylan. Also known as East Texas. Uh, Excited to be taking part in my first book club discussion. Not sure if I was going to be around to call in Monday, so I thought I'd leave a quick voicemail um, on air to the Jedi. First of all, my least favorite of the new canon so far. I really liked A New Dawn and Tarkin. Uh, I haven't gotten to Lords of the Sith yet. Uh, But speaking of the new canon, I think that too big of a deal is being made about that. I mean, George was never beholden to the expanded universe. Uh, For me, what I've done is kind of lopped off everything after Return of the Jedi, and everything that I liked before that is sort of provisionally headcanon for me. Like, it it could still work on a case-by-case basis, and and I bet lots of it will. Uh, I had just finished reading the old Marvel Star Wars run, uh, from back in the 70s and 80s, and the Lando Calrissian novels. Uh, it's good bedtime reading, and it's just fun space adventures with our with our favorite heroes. Viewed through that lens, Heir to the Jedi kind of works. Uh, expectations, I think, were high because of the new canon label, but to me, Nikari was just like any number of Luke's girlfriends in that old Marvel series. Um, in the new Marvel series... Every issue seems weighty and significant, and I love those books, but there's a place for just a fun romp in the galaxy far, far away. It's just a place I like spending time in, and this book uh, did that. Having said that, I would respectfully submit that Hearn is not the best prose writer, and there are definitely some silly ideas the noodle scene and the whole uh, oh anti noodle. mechanical parts yep. pops on. Know where he that, stands. That comes up at one point. <laughs> uh, then again, the old Marvel stuff is uh, full of silly ideas, and, and those were still a fun read. So, three and a half stars out, out of five. Uh, and by the way, there are Star Wars novels I don't like. Anything after the New Jedi Order is kind of awful, and I'm not going to miss those in the canon. <laughs> anyway, take your time. <laughs> you guys have a good
1: night. He's pulling no punches. I mean, look, I, as much as I hate to agree with Dylan, I kind of got to agree with Dylan. I'm not going to say it's awful, but I am going to say that the stuff that took place after New Jedi Order, it got it got really convoluted and it got kind of for me as a reader, when I was getting regular Star Wars either via the movies or the Clone Wars or what have you, there was no there was nothing to keep me in in the books. Um as far as as far as that timeline beyond Return of the Jedi goes, you had but then you had things like Darth Plagueis. You had things like uh, the Kenobi novel, which was both of those were just outstanding. They were really really good, um, especially that Kenobi novel, which was like a western on Tatooine. It was so good, um, and and so I, I'm kind of inclined to agree with him. I I see what he's saying about the canon thing. There was a lot of hype because now. Other rather than one one man uh kind of saying this is this is how it works um you have the story group and 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 the way I understand it is everyone kind of checks and double checks and makes sure that no one's stepping on each other's toes and that sort of thing with with the movies with the books with the comics or whatever the case may be and so now everything is kind of official canon and this is one of those early books that was canon, and so I think there was i think the only thing. To really say, and, and feel free to disagree with me, guys, about the canon aspect of this, is that the expectations were high because of that label of canonization on this novel.
2: Um, I, yeah, I, I agree. I think you know, especially right from the beginning, there's a lot of people probably like Nicole and I that are thinking we haven't read any Star Wars yet. This is a great time to jump on, you know, and we don't have to get through hundred and some books of that are in the legend. And so you're all excited, thinking, hey, I'm going to jump in on the ground floor of this. It's going to be great, and I can keep up. And you're like, yeah, that just – it just wasn't that good. I didn't hate it, but – and I've said before, I've mentioned before, I grew up playing the the role-playing in, in Boy Scouts. Right. And there's a, there's a lot of novels in there. And I was reading one of those novels a week for a while, you know, one a week. And you get some that are just filler, and they're not that good. And you're like, well, that one wasn't that good. Sure, And I, sure. I kind of feel like that's the way this one was. Right. You know It was Star Wars, but I'm not, like somebody else said, it might have been Dylan, it might have been Wendy. I'm not running out recommending it to anybody.
1: Sure. Well, now let me ask you this. Are you pro-noodle or anti-noodle, Rod?
2: Well, that depends on the sauce. Now, if there's some Alfredo sauce on Mm -hmm. there, definitely pro-noodle. Sure. Especially that Prego makes a new bacon-flavored Alfredo sauce. I mean, if there's bacon-flavored Alfredo, I'm definitely pro-noodle. Other than that, not so much. All
1: right. Uh, Nicole, pro-noodle or anti-noodle?
0: noodle. I mean, how else can I make macaroni
1: and cheese if I don't have noodles? Gotcha, gotcha. <laughs> I, the, I think
2: I love noodles. I just, with the force, I think that there's got to be something that would probably be a little easier to move around than a floppy noodle.
1: I would like to say, by the way, two things. Number one, well played on keeping a straight face on that one, guys. Number two, the term floppy noodle should no longer be used uh in <laughs> in the discussion oh. or on Geek Out Loud Ever. I'm sure that's already on the Goldverse quotes. <laughs> I haven't <laughs> I'm not impressed with you using the force to move your floppy noodle. Rod, yep. <laughs> bald-headed Rod. Um, so w- what else, though? I mean, here's the thing. I, I look at it, and it's like it, it was there. It's the. I mean, it's a natural thing to be used. You know, when you start, my thing is, is when you start talking space food, you know, you get into that tricky area where, you know, how how familiar is this food going to be to us? Uh, when you watch the movies you see Yoda and Empire pull out of Luke's stuff uh, basically what looks to be a corn cob you know which i guess is like some kind of protein bar or ration of some such and and starts nibbling on it uh you hear Lando say won't you join us for some refreshments there's the blue milk um and that's about it like you never i guess they're in 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 Attack of the Clones, there's the whole fruit that he cuts and, and sends across the way. But you never really see people sitting around eating or describing what they're eating in, in the Star Wars. Um, and so the minute you start talking about, well, we've got our noodles here, to me, it's not so much that I have a problem with him using the Force to move a noodle across the table. It's that the idea of, of something so real-world kind of steps into the fantasy and and tends to uh, mar the mar the curtain a little bit that's you know supposed to be drawn over our eyes i guess does that make sense i think so is that is that too deep a look at the noodle no i
2: mean i don't know
1: how much time should we be spending on the noodle guys
2: i'm wondering is this going to turn into noodle recipes much like potato recipes Ooh. for the Martian.
1: Have you got any good... Uh, now, Nicole, you said you you make the macaroni and cheese. Yes, I do. N- do you do that from scratch? Of course. Oh, my Lanta. Let's compare. How do you do your macaroni and cheese? Are you willing to share on the show?
0: Sure, why not? That's um,
2: very
1: hesitant. Yeah.
0: <laughs> well, that's because it's not like a set recipe. Mm-hmm. It's just, you know, okay, boil the macaroni. Right um whatever cheese is in the house whatever block cheese excuse sure. me, black I'm with, cheese I'm with you I, my grandmother she, when I was growing up she would shred the cheese herself of block cheese of course so it is so like cheddar cold bean whatever we have in the house whatever block cheese is available in the house gotcha um tons of butter
1: mm-hmm. I've been
0: known I've been told once like that's too much butter and I was like you're crazy that's Probably not enough butter, but whatever. Some salt, some pepper. I'm a fit fa- So, okay, I have this thing about black pepper. I hate how it looks on light-colored food, mm-hmm. so I use white pepper when I okay.
2: make the cheese.
1: All right.
0: And uh depending on I have I have known to throw other things into my macaroni and cheese. It mm-hmm. all depends on the event, the time what's in the kitchen, what's there. Right. I have added bacon. Mm-hmm. I have at, I have kinda done like a New Orleans take on it with the uh, with the uh, sausage with the undeleased sausage mm-hmm. and the uh, you know, it just depends, Steve. It just depends.
1: Mm, okay. Well,
0: I'm sure Rod would like my bacon version because pretty much a whole pack of bacon
1: goes in. Oh, my Atlanta! You know, does the Star Wars universe have something like bacon? I mean, they've got puffer pigs.
2: Yeah. So, Erish, Erish, if you're there, maybe you could uh, pitch that. Could pitch.
0: And what exactly is a Nerf nugget? Is that like our their version of a chicken nugget? Well, or?
2: yeah.
1: It uh, to me, Nerf would be closer to beef than chicken, though. Okay. I would think because you have Nerf herders. So okay. And and I've heard the term Nerf steak. So I think it'd be almost like a steak nugget. Like battered, fried pieces of Nerf. Okay. Well, I mean, it could be like a sheep. Right. It could be. I mean, a herd. I don't know. I wonder... A herd of sheep? Yeah, I've heard of sheep. Now, this is where I am showing my... Uh, my, uh, my lack of knowledge. I don't know that I've ever seen or tried to look and see what a Nerf looks like. So I am now at Wikipedia, the Star Wars Wiki, and I am looking up Nerf to see if there is a pictoire of said animal. They're a species of antlered herb- herbivorous. Yeah, they look kinda like buffalo with big tails. Okay. So definitely like cows. Okay. I I'd, I'd, I'd try it. Of course I would. Dang. I'll I'll eat anything. Hey, if you got opinions on Air of the Jedi, nine one two three eight six four two 949123864294. 9, you know, Sarah was saying this seemed like a collection of short stories rather than one long story. And I compared it to a video game where yes. You know, you start out with one mission, you get off that mission, and you come back and it's like, Well, we need to do this other mission, but before we can do this mission, we gotta earn money to do this mission, so go do this mission. Once you got the money, come back and do this mission. And in the midst of this mission, you may have to upgrade your equipment here so you'll have to do this quick mission to do you know, that kind of thing. Right. Yeah. <clears throat> Overall it very you, much was so. Yeah, and so it, it it had that um it had it had that feel to it. Um, Erish in the chat says Nerf is like the Star Wars beef. Don't know if they're Star Wars bacon though. They just seem to always eat nerf and drink calf. Um well, I'm
2: just I'm just telling them to pitch it. I think
1: I think you know every every universe needs bacon. That's I agree. Some sort. I hate to think of Jedi who've who've never tasted bacon. That makes me sad. There's They've a reason lived. there there's your reason that Anakin fell to the dark side right there. Uh, absolutely. No bacon.
0: Speaking of which, I've there was a conversation between Luke and Nakari about whether um, was it a choice or was he or was he seduced by the dark side? I felt that was a very that's a very good they they had a very good conversation about that.
1: It's well, it's a conversation that anyone would have um, about people they don't really know anything about and trying to figure out something they don't really know. And and I think another good point to make is, you know, out of that is Luke doesn't fully understand the force here. We're dealing with a Luke who his training for the for all we know consisted of putting a blast shield down and blocking some bolts from a training remote. You know, from there it was run Luke run and use the force Luke Let go, Luke. You know, and he turned off his targeting computer and reached out with the Force to blow up the Death Star real good.
2: Uh, You know, I was going to ask you something too because I'm I'm not as versed. We've already discussed how I'm not as versed in Star Wars lore. Jedi are not supposed to uh, have significant others, correct? Right. Right. So Luke was. What what was he doing with Nakari? Was he just kind of leading her on, or was she leading him on? But see now here, he should have nipped that in the bud right away. Right.
1: Well, but Luke didn't know of those rules of the Jedi.
2: Oh, that seems like that would be common knowledge if you lived in that universe. Yeah, so, but it says the guy who had to have it explained to him.
1: In a universe where the Jedi has been wiped out, has been, the Jedi have been wiped out, and the ruling class has tried to do everything they can to suppress all knowledge of the Jedi and their ways and their culture. Um, then, yeah, and, and some backwoods farm boy, no, he's not going to know anything about what their code was and that sort of thing of All course right. not
2: yeah maybe i just i just felt
1: like luke should have known better nipped it Nah, i mean look nope. luke was lonely look jedi are not forbidden to have like relations they're they're. oh, they're oh i for, thought they were they're forbidden to they're not yeah they're not necessarily celibate it's that they are um forbidden they're not, they're not catholic priests right they're forbidden to be in uh <laughs> wendy cooper in the chat with the PG, D-Rail. Randy. Yeah, PG, keep it PG. somebody said earlier. Uh, Dean in the chat, Dean Cooper says Luke was lonely. And I think that's the thing is Luke is dealing in a situation where he's got a crush on the sister that he doesn't know is his sister. He is, um, you know, he's feeling alone. He's lost everybody. Here's someone that is looking for the same adventure that Luke's looking for. Now, I will say this. Kevin Hearn did a great job of capturing a Luke who's still just out for the adventure of it all. You know, in in uh, in Empire, when Yoda meets Luke, you know he says, "Adventure, <laughs> excitement." <laughs> a Jedi craves not these things. You know, he was he was looking into the heart of Luke, saying, "This kid has always been about about what's over the horizon. I'm not content with where I am." And we see that. And Luke found kind of a kindred spirit in Akari. And you know, you you're all about you know when when you're off with some good looking woman and she's off with you and you're a good looking dude and and you both kinda have all these things and you know and she's encouraging you to you know to play with your noodles or what have you then the then, like
2: like Kanan and uh um and Sabine.
1: What? Yeah, they're space married. Right. Well no Kanan and I'm sorry, Kanan and Hera they yeah, are space married. married. Right. Right. So yeah. um yeah, so you know, noodles noodles will happen, and 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 noodling will happen a little bit, you know. Um, so uh,
2: you you mentioned how he had a crush on his sister, did not was his sister, having not read the canon, is that something that uh, Han, Luke or uh, no Luke uh, Han ever gave him grief for? Like later on in the series, like uh, you had a crush on your sister.
1: No, no,
2: that never came. Out. He should have that. That, that was a missed opportunity. We, in
1: fact, I shouldn't have even said that on this podcast because we don't bring that up as Star Wars fans.
2: Oh, so. So that's why the stormtroopers are always running around with the signs that say, dude, she's your sister.
1: That's right. That's right. Um, but my point, is, my point is, you got this kid. I like that Hearn caught that aspect of Luke, that he's just, you know, everything is still new to him. This is a kid who grew up in the desert. Well, Eric says it in the chat, Luke is fresh off the farm, just discovered there's powers he has, and uh, the one man who could teach him is killed five minutes after he learns about it. And so he's accepting of anyone who might be able to hurt to help him. You know, and uh, and and so sure. I really there there was a there were several moments in this book that just really stuck out and shone brightly to me. Uh, one of which being the visit to the Jedi uh, tomb on 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 Rodia. Yes. When when he goes to when you know the the lady says tells him that you know her uncle had been a Jedi, and so they go to visit the tomb, to pay respects, and she gives him his lightsaber. Um, The only problem I have with that whole scene is that the the blade was amethyst, which is apparently purplish, Mm -hmm. which I thought Mace Windu was the only purple lightsaber in the galaxy.
0: I thought that, too, when I read it. Mm -hmm.
1: And it afforded Luke the opportunity to actually open this thing up and see what it's all about on the innards. Again, you're talking about someone who wants to become something that, for all intents and purposes, there's no one to teach him how to do it now and he's going to have to learn all of this on his own. So now
2: see uh Mr. Dunn in the chat says that that scene never paid off because he thought that it would play into his Jedi training.
1: I think I think the point of him taking apart and seeing that he needed to have the fine skills, the, the telekinesis to be able to put it together with the force and fine tune it and he didn't have that ability. I think that that is in itself the payoff is him realizing well I've ruined this lightsaber but now I know you know what it takes to build one of these bad boys So right
0: which would hopefully pay off hopefully in a future new canon book
1: maybe or maybe it just pays off in the fact that we see him light up a, a new lightsaber in Return of the Jedi
5: Right.
1: again and here's the other thing let's just talk about canon real quick I don't think the fact that something's canon need, means that it's got to impact the story in a big way as we know it. What, yeah, what the, the things that are going to impact Star Wars straight out are the things we see on the screen. That's going to be what what is the impactful moments of Star Wars that, that alter canon and alter the stories we realize. That. we got a caller coming in uh, from the 903. We're going to bring him in. I believe I know who it is. Hello, hello. You're on Geek Out Loud. Hey, Steve. It's
5: Dylan in Texas.
1: Hey, Dylan in Texas. How's it going, buddy?
5: Okay, uh, hold on. i got to turn down my radio. You sure do. You yeah, sure do. That whole thing. Yeah.
2: Did you notice now how I much better mood Dylan got in when Daniel left?
0: Yes, I
5: did. Yeah. I was little jealous of, of Daniel. Yeah. He, uh, we, I, I have what... like a new kid in town, and, and all I hear about is how great Daniel is. Well. And, and so I was a little jealous. But Daniel seems like a great guy too, so. But uh, as the, far as everything that I, I'm dying to say is this, uh, and Arish is in the chat, and so it's weird. It's weird to say this with Arish listening.
2: Uh-oh. But, uh oh! <laughs> but hang on, I don't want to be in the middle of you two. Oh, Dylan, our resident
5: jerk. I feel. I feel like it's, it's, it's a terrific book, and, and I feel like the prose is it, fine. You know, like it's a well-written book. Um. I feel like the best comparison really is to the old Marvel stuff. Mm hmm Like, if you imagined uh, that exact story happening back when Archie Goodwin and those guys were doing the Marvel Star Wars comics. Right. uh, In the 70s or 80s. That would have been really thrilling. You know, like, it's a a fun space adventure. And I I feel like we're asking maybe a little too much of, uh, of, of Star Wars stories with this
1: canon idea sure
2: sure i think yeah that's kind of what steve was touching on not every book can you know every book can be canon but it doesn't mean that it has to completely change the universe and just throw everything into whack you know you can't just say all of a sudden now oh here's a new jedi or here's a new fighter pilot that's going to change the course of the war you can't have a book come out every couple months with a new character like that or a new event like that
5: uh, no, but, but the Marvel books right now uh, are doing a good job of that. Like we just found out that Han Solo uh, is married.
1: Well, did... spoiler alert. <laughs> well, here's the uh, thing. Come
5: on, it came out a couple weeks ago. <laughs> yeah, and yeah, and it's uh, the what last. It done? the thing is with that, Dylan, <laughs>
1: it's the last panel of a comic book that is to be continued next month and the woman calls herself Mrs. Han Solo. We're either going to find out in the know it's not real, or it's someone from his past and it just never got cleared up, and it'll be cleared up before, you know, three months expires.
5: Oh, oh. Absolutely, absolutely, Stephen. And I think that, uh, you know, if you think about the character represented in uh, A New Hope, of course he's a guy that got married in Vegas, right? Uh, on a On a drunken evening. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and the girl is, so take like, seriously, and it's kind of hunting him down, but that's what I expect to happen. It's like Han kind of forgot he was married. It's like I think that's where we're going with that.
1: right right. well, it reminded me it reminded me of one of the comic book series where all of a sudden this woman from his past showed up um, one of the older comic book series from the Dark Horse stuff and I don't remember which one it was.
5: Uh, I think you might mean Dark Empire, Steve with a sala. Yeah.
1: Right, right, right. So yeah. yeah. Um so yeah, I mean look, I, I again I think we can't get hung up on the canon aspect. I like your sure. comparison to the Marvel comic series. Um, you know, this definitely falls in that time that the Marvel comics were meant to fall into early on, of course, you know, the the, the, right. the first Marvel comics we got. And there was a lot of, you know, just crazy wild adventures in those things. And um and and so I'm not hung up on the canon aspect. I was at first, not gonna lie. Early on, I'm like, oh my gosh, a Luke Skywalker book, and it's totally canon. But, but eventually, that didn't matter to me. You know, I, I kind of got over my initial, oh my gosh, this is amazing, and just got into the book proper. And, and like I said, there was a lot to me that was good about this book. The whole, the whole stuff on Rodia. Like, I really like, I really dug Luke's mission to Rhodia. I dug their mission to rescue the given lady, which became the overall, you know, mm-hmm. purpose of things. Yeah. I, it, it's like the story itself. I dug. There were just a few moments to me, or or maybe it was the execution of said story to me that didn't come off a, as well as I would have liked, um, you know. And, and and I never expected Luke, especially once I figured out which Luke that we were getting, you know. And and, and I'm like Wendy had said, it was kind of a recalibration, a freshening of the palate. Once I realized that, oh yeah, Luke didn't know the force. This he had to learn and it says Erish says, you know, he always wondered how Luke went from learning of of his potential at the end of A New Hope to the scene in Empire Strikes Back where he calls the lightsaber to himself. And I think that's a valid question and a neat thing to explore. And we see that with the noodle. We see him learning to calm himself, to center himself, and to focus in and, and and reach out and grab whatever he's trying to grab because by the end of the book, it's not just a noodle he's moving. He's spooned a whole spoonful of noodles into his mouth.
5: <laughs> no, you know, well said, Steve. Well, well, well said. There are important moments in Luke's development uh, within this book, no doubt. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, I think that, uh, but you uh, again, through that lens of a fun adventure with our Star Warriors, Sure, like Marvel used to call it. Mm-hmm. This book works really well, yeah. you know. And, and I think that uh, I mean Don and Tarkin had, had a sense of importance, uh, yeah. b- because they were presented as this new canon. But this is this is a mythology, right? And, and it's sort of a developing mythology, right? So, so I really don't think that uh, canon. Uh, as Disney or whoever wants to call it is what really matters. Right, right. It, it, it's how fun the story is that we're getting uh, presented us, and, and this one uh, was a fun story. And for me, it's bedtime reading. You know, if I do if I do uh, a little uh, more serious reading, that's <laughs> not right before I drift off to sleep. Sure, uh, sure. But this, but this is a great uh, bedtime story. Well, now let uh, me ask. So
1: like let me ask you. Let me ask you this before I let you go. Have you read Lords of the Sith yet?
5: No, I have it sitting on my nightstand. I got the uh, the collection of the three Lando novels mm-hmm. from the eighties, and I'm still looking yeah. on the last one. That's... And is next up.
1: That's some fun stuff. The old Lando novels.
5: They're they're, they're really different. They're really kind of kind of uh, set apart. Yeah, for most of Star Wars, but I'm having fun with them. Well, just so, to, just imagine that, that his has... Do what's that? Uh, I have saying, Thank you for having me on. Thank you for yeah, ma'am. picking up much of your time but N- thanks for the no, uh, no. call
1: all right thanks dylan have a good night brother
5: you too man we'll see bye, bye.
1: that's dylan in the chat now nicole you're you're rather quiet so i'm going to give you a moment to chime in here uh, i want to talk about nakari and nakari's death how was that was that a necessary death in this book
0: uh well as it was discussed in the Goodreads group, we all kind of figured uh, she's not gonna make it because we know who. <laughs> I mean, we know who Luke ends up with. So she might it's as just well. Like, what, what's going to happen here? Are right. they gonna date or is she not gonna make it?
1: <laughs> right, right. She she could have she should have had a different name like gonna die or something like that. Like, wasn't there? Pretty much. I'm gonna die. That was there was a there was a Clone Wars character they literally named. I'm gonna die, or some, or some such. So, um, they, they didn't name it Red Shirt. No, no, that's a, that's too Star Trekky. Come on now, Rod. <laughs> Come on, Rod. Um, a funny novel, by the way. Do what's that?
2: There is actually a novel called Red Shirts, and I should pitch that because it's pretty funny.
1: Yeah. Somebody
2: uh,
0: did pitch that a couple months ago, and it just didn't make it.
1: Now, now, Nicole, I'm looking at your your conversation in the chat or in the uh, in the in the uh, forum right now. And you say it's kind of obvious you and Akari wasn't going to make it because of Luke's relationship with Mara Jade, but now the Mara Jade thing is out. It's gone. It's done. No more Mara Jade. Yeah, I know. Okay, so we. But it was
0: just at this point in the universe, it was just like if it, if it was going to go somewhere, how was it going to how was it going to work out? That's all. It just mm-hmm. to me, it just seemed like okay. We're just going to... Is it going to be a love, love interest, or is it just going to be a brief flirtation and that's it?
1: Yeah. I felt like it was going to... I really uh, expected them to to flip the script on Luke and have Nakari be like, well, it was fun while it lasted, and just leave. You know, and and, and him have to learn about the world that way. But her death did provide an interesting moment where he finally just lets it all flow. Right. All, this, all this grief over his aunt and uncle, all this grief over Obi-Wan... You know, and, and his grief with Nakari. Um and 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 I feel like that's something that was needed for for that character. You know, we never really get to see Leia mourn the loss of her entire planet. There's a good chance she did, sitting in that cell waiting to be rescued, but we never really saw that. And we don't see Luke. We see Luke kind of just leaned over the 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 the, the table in the Falcon after obi-wan's dead and they've gotten away and you know and as soon as they're getting away it's like we're coming up on their sentry ships you know and luke has to spring into action and, and start firing and from there you know it's it's off to the races there's no chance to stop and say i just saw my mentor get cut down i just you know i watched my aunt and uncle die and you know or i didn't watch them die but i i saw their burnt their crisp corpses you know out on the farm and um And so here he does get to do that. Um, But, you know, so like I say, another good moment. There's just something about, maybe it's something about the way the story was told. Would this have worked better in third person, Rod?
2: I want to, my immediate response is yes. But then when you stop and think about it, it, I think it does work better in first person. I think... I wasn't a big fan of the grieving of the death at first. You've kind of sold me on it a little bit more, mm-hmm. and I don't think you could have had that in a third person okay. as, as well. Uh, the struggles with the Force, I think, are better in a first person, you know, trying to move the noodle. Mm-hmm. I think that's obviously better in a first person. Uh, so, yeah, I think first person was the way to go.
1: I like when he was using when he was tapping into the force to try to move the noodles slash noodles, that we got to kind of see the the conflict in his mind and the struggles in his mind, you know, and that it took him, uh, you know, not in a, not in a too positive you know, feelly good way of you got to believe in yourself to do it, but it really kind of came to the point of calming yourself and just knowing that it was possible. It, it was it was really without it being said outright a do or do not there is no try. You know, and when Luke decided I'm just going to do it because I can sense it right there, boom, it was moving. Yeah, now when
2: you're talking about trying with the force, I know Nicole and I didn't agree. She actually liked the mathematic view okay. of the force and I was not as big a fan of that. All uh, right a lot of people I'm reading in the chat were a fan of the mathematics part in this book and that character. I honestly wasn't, I felt like it was more forced and not as relevant to the, to the plot. Really? Yeah, I really did. I just, I wasn't a fan of it. I Uh, just,
1: the only character that I've ever seen in star Wars, that's like that is it's a cantina character. Um, you know, and and it's a background character, that sort of thing. I've got a figure of it somewhere over there in my cantina set up. Um, and i thought it was really interesting to to kind of see that this is a culture that that does this math stuff um and, and I, th- I think it's i
2: think part of it is probably me, my personal bias i there are two authors that i like a lot that are both mathematicians and and write a lot of math in their books so i kind of felt and I, I sound so crappy when I say this, but they weren't up to par with the two authors that I read that do a lot of math. So well, it's like
1: But here's the thing. This is, this is good at the yeah, other Yeah, but here's that. the thing <laughs> with that. Again, it it's the same thing as is as, as you know, my my little bit of issue with the noodle. It's not that he was moving a noodle, it's that it was a noodle. You know, it's like we have those on earth. It's like in, in the old uh some in one of the old novelizations of the original trilogy ducks are mentioned and I'm like what are ducks doing in Star Wars you know and it just pulls you out a little bit I despise math in a big bad way and so had they gotten too deep into the mathematics stuff um it would have it would have really put me off what you had is someone who had what I got from it was here's this person with this genius brain who can do the you know, who can crack the data, who can do all the stuff that she needs to do and also really give them good, solid probability. It's C-3PO without C-3PO saying, well, here are the odds, right. you know, And but not in a way that it, you know, like I just now thought about it being C-3PO, you know, without it being C-3PO. And, and, and so not in a way that it slapped me in the face while I was reading the book, which I dig. I really appreciate that fact. So I didn't have a problem with the math because it wasn't overdone to me uh and if it had been i would have felt like i was reading star trek and when i go to read star wars i don't want to read star trek <laughs> in fact let me just go ahead and and edit that last sentence i don't want to read star trek
2: <laughs> so are we on the record of saying now now you've said twilight would be vetoed yes are we also putting Star Trek novelizations on the table as B two?
1: Look, I've got to admit, in my lifetime, I've read some Star Trek novel stuff. Um, but if we're gonna do, if you're gonna read Star Trek, it's got. Here's my caveat for Star Trek works: they have to cross over between the franchises. So, in other words, if you've got original series and Next Generation in a novel, I'm down with it. Um, if you got Voyager and Deep Space Nine, fine, I'll read it. You know that kind of stuff. Um, but I'm not going to read if it's the sequel to Star Trek IV: The Journey Home. I may read that.
2: So the the long answer shortened is possibly you won't <laughs> you won't take a stand and say you'll veto it. Right, right. But you're also saying you won't.
1: Right. i'm saying that that'd be a rod take the reins yeah that'd be a jesus take the wheel situation (laughs) oh let's not compare me to jesus that's not a good idea (laughs) well you got the beard and everything yeah so um anyhow back to the star wars thing at hand oh so you like the math though nicole i'm sorry i'm talking way too much because i'm getting into the wars of it all and
2: oh i fully expected this and hoped for it so
0: Yes, I did even though I'm not a math fan. Right math fan, I'm horrible at math. But yes, I did like the math perspective of it because it then it gave finally it gave Luke a different perspective on the force so he was finally able to use the force the way he needed to.
2: I guess my problem also was I just didn't I didn't like the math analogy of the force. <clears throat> okay. I didn't see that. All but right. I, I had trouble wrapping my head around that analogy like maybe you need to look at the forces oh Erish is not gonna call in i was trying
1: okay well that's fine i like i like uh i like air i like airs like kind of staying on the outside looking in on this way.
2: Are, are, are you afraid he would come on and yell at me for not liking
1: the book i just i love Erish. pass the court <laughs>
2: Although you didn't hashtag this one's for Erich, I is
1: didn't. I didn't. Well, you know what? Here's—I'll I'll be honest I with you. I'll be honest with you, Rod. And and we do this. We we really pull the curtain back. My whole thing with Erich is, I promised him he'd never have to talk Star Wars when he came on the show. Unless I guess unless it's Rebel yell.
2: <laughs> I was gonna say I. Okay. Yeah. Gotcha. <laughs> so,
1: <laughs> Minus Rebel yell. I was gonna say. That's wait right. a second. Minus Rebel yell. Um. Anyhow, no. The, Let's okay. Help me review the whole force as a math equation thing. Um, she what she wasn't saying the force. In fact, I remember saying number one, the force is a new variable that she had to include in her equations, but also that she was comparing her her way of seeing into the future using math with Luke's. May I use the Dune terminology, prescience? Yes. Um, you know, with the force. And so uh, so I feel like I don't think she was saying, you know, use the math, Luke. I think she was saying I this is how I'm relating to what it is you're able to do.
0: Right.
2: I guess I just feel like the force isn't really something that can be a variable. You know, you can't really sure. assign a variable to the force.
1: Well, and that was her point that it's, you know, it's such an unknown quantity. Um you know, it it's uh it, it's such an unknown quantity that she was trying to you know she saw it as a fun challenge to figure out how can i make this work now how can i now now that i know this how this force thing is makes the impossible possible she actually had a term for it and i can't remember off the top of my head what the term was but it was a, oh. it was
2: a cool term you know and and so it's been a couple of weeks and a couple of books since then. you so. listen
1: did you listen to the audiobook oh yeah right yeah me too i've been on the same book forever yeah what would you think of the narration of that wasn't crazy about it. It was all yeah. right. I didn't uh, like the voices and stuff.
2: Yeah, that was the. I think the voice of Nakari's dad really made it rough for me to like him. The rest of the the narration. He, mm-hmm. His his narration of the father was just so over
1: the top. Yeah. Uh, guys from the High Desert, we've got Wendy Cooper calling in, who also emailed in. Hey, Wendy.
3: Hey. How you?
1: How are you? I'm fine. How are you?
3: I'm good.
1: Great. Welcome. Great. Welcome aboard,
3: <laughs> Rod. I was feeling sorry for Rod. He's like kept putting in the number, kept putting in the number. So okay, I'm, I'm, I'm
2: amazed we haven't had more callings with the Star Wars novel. Well, I it thought, was...
3: I, thought it, I thought there would be more, either anti, very anti, or very pro, and it seems to everyone seems to be kind of middle of the road. Like, yeah, it was okay. Well. Yeah. and Usually it seems like with Star Wars, it's either you love it or you
1: hate it. Yeah I think well, I think the thing is 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 because there are those moments that just kind of really shine, and, and I don't even know that the st- I keep coming back to like now that I'm talking about it out loud and, and a little bit more in depth, I don't even know that the story's bad. I just think that there's just something a little off here and there that it's, it didn't give me the the Star Wars punch that, I, that you know that you want from a Star Wars novel.
3: It, it wasn't. But, it, it didn't give me the thrill because I was really excited about the new, well, the new launch because I got really sick of the old stuff that right, they were putting out. Right. And so I was really excited. It's like, okay, this is a new adventure. It's all canon. It's got a, a new company behind it. This could be. This could be really, really awesome. Mm-hmm. So I was kind of hoping for a little bit more than. I mean, it's not a bad book. I was just hoping. I was just hoping for a little more for the first one.
2: Now I've heard, and Erish, I don't know if you're still there, and you can verify this, but I heard this was actually written before they rebooted the canon, before they came up with the Legends banner, and that they did some very some uh, edits to it. To I heard that make too. It fit under the new canon. So I wonder if the art, if the author struggled, you know, with the try, new edits, trying to make
3: it work for a new.
2: Yeah, and if he might have been under the gun, <laughs> you know, hey, you need to get this done. So I, I'd be interested to know if any of that, how much that affected the story, any edits they had to do to fit that under the new canon.
1: Yeah, yeah I, I'm i just going to go ahead and say I don't know that that Del Rey will confirm or deny any of that stuff. They're very hush hush. All the, you know, Lucas okay. films being very hush hush with the story group air-ish. stuff and everything. Um, uh, the book was announced. Kevin hadn't started writing until they knew about the EU decision. That's it. so All right, boom. They've confirmed and denied it. Uh. Okay, because I've heard that from like
2: three different people, so it's I've been that's hearing interesting. It, I've been hearing three it times too. Sometimes it has to be
1: true. Yeah, I've been hearing it too, but so Kevin Netton start writing until after they knew about the EU decision. So, boom, there it is. Um, at the end of the day, I, you know, I think what the takeaway from this book is it's like, what was Luke like between Star Wars and Empire? What was this journey into learning the Force like? What, you know, here's this kid out on his own. And I'm I'm really like, I. I'm honestly kind of shocked that I'm being as good to this book as I am because I didn't think I was going to be.
3: Well, you sounded at the beginning when we first started talking about it um, a couple weeks ago that it was—I don't know—that it. Well, I thought you were going to come down on hard.
1: Yeah, I did too. the, (laughs) The thing is, is it didn't blow my hair back.
3: Right. But it did make you feel like, oh, yeah, this is little bitty baby Luke learning how to roll the noodles. <laughs>
1: well, I didn't say it like that. <laughs> no,
3: but that's what, you know, that's what it was. But it, it, was, it, is, it was Luke taking his little baby steps, which, as I said in my email, it was refreshing because, okay, all that old stuff is gone. This is the new one. This is the new way we're going.
1: Right, right. Yeah, I, I think, you know, I I do think that... It, even though that I'd kind of stopped for the most part with the new Jedi order, um, that I was used to a Luke who everyone revered, respected, who is walking through a camp of Yuzhan Vong with two lightsabers, cutting them down, you know, that sort of thing. And then, you know, boom, we're back here into, um, into this section. And, And it's not that it was jarring. I think I agree with you. I think it was refreshing to see that Luke again, to spend time with with you know nineteen twenty year old Luke.
3: Yeah, yeah. Remember that time when he didn't know nothing. Yeah, yeah. So that's that's what I I think.
2: I think think this book kind of suffered from expectations. We've said it quite a few times tonight. You know, being a a new book and new canon, everybody was very excited, and it just it it was a. I think Dylan said it. You know, was a bedside read. And you said it, Steve, it didn't blow your hair back.
3: But wait, 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 wait. Hold on right there. It did, it did, I think it did suffer from lack of expectation. But hold on a minute. We have been waiting for Star Wars for so long. I have. I've been waiting for Star Wars for so long. I'm expecting big things. This is a big franchise. This is a big story. This is Luke freaking Skywalker. Yep. It needs to be big. <laughs> I've got what? my little chorus. In the I, was say,
1: I hear, here. yeah, you got your little amen. Yes, we, yes. yes. You got the, your the, amen the, corner the, the in the background. Handler.
3: Yes, the snake handler. Got your
1: got your amen corner in the background.
3: Hallelujah. <laughs> Hallelujah. Glory. <laughs> right. <laughs> so, so that's why I keep her around because she agrees for, with me. So no, <laughs> I'm just kidding. But well, she anyway, has to.
2: you won't make her mac and cheese if you don't.
3: That's right. That's right. So well, no. anyway, that's my thought. I that, I think that the expectation was there. We should be expecting big things because this is big. Oh, okay. And
1: yeah, I mean, I, look, I agree. You like. know, when you start talking about, we're going to tell a story about Luke Skywalker, you're right. There should be big expectations. It is big. But I do feel like that, coupled with the whole talk of canon and everything, um, is it 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 did set the bar of expectation a little higher, maybe than it should have been. <laughs> yeah, maybe, you know?
3: maybe, maybe I shouldn't be so hard on it.
1: Well, I don't. I'm not saying that. I'm look. I'm saying I completely agree with you. I'm just playing devil's advocate.
3: Oh, which, see how you are.
1: Which I was reminded by my friends last night that I'm really good at doing, apparently. <laughs> so.
3: Well, I'm going to stick with my po- with my position then that it it should have been big. Okay. It should have been huge. It should have been bam, right out of the box. And, should
1: should there have okay. been a bigger? Let me ask you this: Should there have been a payoff, maybe with that Rodian lightsaber or something like? I forget who said it earlier in the chat, um, but but <laughs> felt like that there wasn't a payoff of that. Had there been maybe a different payoff uh,
5: than, a, than a spoon of Because I was kind of hoping
3: for a dual and double lightsaber thingy, like. I don't know. But of course then that would be out of character because Luke Skywalker at this point doesn't know all the cool stuff that he's supposed yeah, to know. Right. So so I, I don't know. It did get it did give me payoff because okay, look at what's inside here. Ooh, so we don't have to trash the good one.
1: Right, right. You know. Agreed. So so it did
3: have some payoff, but I was kinda hoping for a little bit more, but eh.
1: all right all right no uh, look i don't want to get too far afield and i definitely don't want to spoil anything for people in the chat who may not have seen it did you see star wars rebels saturday
3: well we saw it this morning yeah and oh my gosh i think
1: everyone wants a i think everyone wants a moment like the Apprentice Lives. I think they want a moment like that oh, in that all of was, their Star Wars. Yeah. I think at the end of the day, that you in any storytelling, whether it's Star Wars or comic books or TV shows, you can't always have a moment like that in, in the storytelling.
3: I know, but I want one! <laughs> I, I understand. Yep. <laughs> we,
1: can,
2: we can't have a universe-shaking event. You know? <laughs> I mean, I, I don't know their publishing schedule, but I'm assuming they're they're putting them out fairly regular.
3: And that makes me a little nervous by the way. Um, What's that? just because they're they're coming out pretty quick and pretty regular. And I think that's what the old EU suffered from was that there was so much coming out. I I, don't- I never had a chance towards the end, you never had a chance to catch your breath before bam, there's another book. And I kind of like that anticipation. Right. And and it's, well, one, I can't afford the brand new hardcover books every time they come out either. So it's sure. ticking me off because I got to wait a year when they come out in the in the mass, in the mass yeah. uh, paperback. So.
1: Well, I'm, I mean, look, here's the thing. I will say this, that I don't know that they're coming out as hard and heavy as they were. You've got, in July, you've got Dark Disciple, which is a Clone Wars story about Asajj Ventress. Yeah. Uh hitting shelves and these are just these aren't like the junior novels or anything like that. Um you've got Aftermath then coming in September. Right. Yeah, you know. but
3: you have Tarkin out now. You've got Air of the the Jedi. I've I've said the title wrong too many times and now I can't get
1: it right. <laughs> Air, Air of the Jedi. Yeah, you've got um, Air of the Jedi. You've got a new
3: the dawn. The of the Jedi. Right. Yeah,
1: you tell me I can't
2: be a Jedi cuz I'm bald. I got a
3: like yeah, I'm not trying to rub it in or nothing, Rod. Um yeah. but what and I, you've got Tarkin and are. you've got that other one, but don't you have like three or four out right now?
1: Yeah, but I and mean it, they didn't all come out at the same time. And and if and and some of them actually came out last year, etc. I think the idea that I'm I'm getting at is if this were if this were to me, and this is my perception, this may be completely wrong, but my perception is that if we were doing things the way they were doing it with like the fate of the Jedi and the and the 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 legacy of the Jedi or whatever those those series were called that by June of a month there would have been you know five new novels out in this series kind of thing yeah yeah
3: because they were coming out like every three three it, months it, weren't they? it felt like it three... felt
1: like it it felt like it but but I mean I feel like look I'm really looking forward to reading this Dark Disciple yes. I'm looking forward of course to aftermath in September which is really the first uh post Jedi novel to my knowledge that we're getting in this new canon, you know, level of storytelling. Yes. Um and and then, you know, then in November uh you've got the novel coming out called Battlefront Twilight Company. You know, so you're going July, September, November. I think this came out in, this yeah, this came out back uh either in January or or in December, didn't it? The the Heir to the Jedi or maybe a little earlier. Um
3: I just got it for the book club.
1: <laughs> right, right. So what I'm what I'm I guess what I'm saying is is I feel like that they're being a little more selective about the way that they put out adult level novels with I hope so. with the Star Wars I, the, I do hope so because yeah. I
3: felt that the old the old way was starting to crush <clears throat> under its own sure. weight.
1: I and I think a lot of people share that. Now if I could really quickly just mention that also uh, on July seventh with Dark Disciple, uh, William Shakespeare's "The Clone Army Attacketh" uh, will be released as well. So, <laughs> I love the William Shakespeare Star Wars books.
3: That um that sounds awesome. <laughs>
1: Have you have you read the... I think
3: you broke Wendy's mind. I really <laughs> don't
1: Have you not have you not heard of those, Wendy?
3: No, no, I've not heard of those. Oh so my that makes gosh. Me laugh. That's kinda like along the lines of pride and prejudice with zombies, isn't it?
1: You need well, you need to pick up William Shakespeare Presents Star Wars.
3: Okay. It is that would be funny.
1: It is fantastic. It <laughs> is fantastic. Uh Eric says in the chat, no more nine book series.
3: Oh, thank goodness.
1: Yeah, so yeah, I,
3: I, I think I, I actually think that's a good idea because it just drags it on for too long, and
1: yeah, you end up getting you end up getting kind of drugged down in too much minutia.
3: Yeah, and, and, yeah. Well and, well, and I get tired of hearing about how evil, how I don't know the politics.
1: Right, right. Gets
3: in there, and in that nine book thing, it's like the politics got so. Oh, if I wanted politics, I'd turn on the daggum television.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I love your amen corner in the background.
3: <laughs> all right,
1: well, Wendy, thank you for for calling in.
3: Thanks for letting me talk. Yeah, and anytime. We'll, uh, we'll talk to you later.
1: All right, have a good night, my friend. Bye. See ya. So, all right, well, Nicole, we're back. It's it's you and I here. And have you look, just as a sidebar? Have you done the uh, the William Shakespeare prevent star present Star Wars?
0: No, but I did see it last time I was in a bookstore and I was like I should get and then I looked at all the books I was already holding and I was like I can't
1: not right, right now. Oh, it's so much fun. Bookstores so for me are fun.
2: bad. Used bookstores are Whoa. Oh it's hey, really bad.
1: Hold on guys. Yeah. Um Yeah. I just saw something in the chat that I didn't know before now. Okay. And and someone else let me know if I should have known this. Um aftermath is a trilogy oh yeah you should have known that Sorry. i didn't i didn't know that i feel like i feel like uh i feel like my brother from another mother is breaking news on me uh in in the chat so um that's that's the first time i've heard about that i didn't know that either i I definitely didn't know Dylan that. says he knew that. Well, Dylan knows everything, so never mind. I should have known that. Sorry. Okay, well, it's breaking news to me. I'm sorry, guys. I'm sorry. Uh, I like the trilogy of novels, by the way, and that comes for, because of the Timothy's on Thrawn trilogy is the way, to me, the the modern EU was started off, and, and that's how it always just felt like it flowed. So, Trilogies
2: I'm, in general are just a good story uh, outline.
1: How many books does your little Precious Dune series have?
2: Or the trilogy? Are we count? Are we counting the originals? Yeah, of uh, course.
1: Six. Okay. See,
2: we're not. We're not going to talk about the others.
1: So keep up, Steve. Sorry, I'm sorry, guys. I didn't keep up. I, I was really.
2: Steve ex- is a busy man, Dylan.
1: I was just shocked. I'm like, geez.
2: And you wonder why we get excited that Daniel's back?
1: That's right. <laughs> so anyhow, wh- where were, what were we talking about? We talked about Nakari. We talked about the Gibbon. Um, which do you know what a given looks like,
2: Rod? I do not. I my
1: Star Wars
2: knowledge is not very vast. So. It's
1: it's like it's like their whole head is a is a scream mask almost. It's they look kind of like Ghostface. Yeah, scream like from the movie Scream?
2: I thought you said screen and I was mm. like, what is a screen mask? No, a
1: scream mask. Um, Got it. They very very much look like a skull on top of their head and uh
2: so they're not very good looking.
1: No. No New. not to the not to the human eye. <laughs> you know, but let's not be all specious and stuff, Rod. Come on. Yeah. Let's not be xenophobes. Xenophobes, is I put that you the term? A, yeah, I put you a link to the Wikipedia article about it. They I'm surprised that this doesn't actually have a the, the screen capture of the dude from uh from the Cantina. Oh my. But they do have a screen capture of the possible given appearance in Star Wars droids, which is pretty cute. Cool.
2: I don't know what it is about Wikipedia, but every time I open
1: it up, it pretty much freezes on me. I'm sorry. Well, then maybe you don't need to need to uh, need to open it up at this time. So, um, well, n- Nicole, w- guys, I-, I don't know that we're going to get a lot of calls on this one. I know. I'm. I um, am just
2: shocked. I'm. I'm going to challenge the Goldverse Reads group. I'm disappointed in you guys. Wow. I mean. I know. Wow. I mean, where are you guys at? It's Star Wars, and you and you're not calling in. Wow. everybody's been complaining that there hasn't been a Goldverse episode in two weeks we have one and then nobody calls in
1: there has been a gold episode in two weeks
2: oh that's right that's what dylan said and i had to remind him about mark out loud Thank i am sorry steve Thank that was you. my fault
1: i was gone for a little while i'm behind hey, i'm not
2: i'm not put, throwing you under the bus on that
1: i feel like you are i feel like i you are.
2: i understand that uh life gets busy sometimes mm-hmm. believe me i
1: understand that well it was it was a good time down you guys should have gone with us to orlando I should have. I would have had a much better time. Than painting? Uh, yeah.
2: I, I was telling Sarah I didn't have a good night tonight, Steve.
1: Uh-oh. What in the world?
2: I dropped my iPod. It's not working. <gasps> oh, no. One of the old classics, you know? That oh, my gosh.
1: Don't... I love my iPod classic that fell uh, in the toilet.
2: The hard drive skipping. Mm. And on top of that, there was... Uh, Jason can't talk, I understand. On top of that, I was painting on a ladder today in the sun, and it was windy. And I've got a little bit of a sunburn on my tramp
1: stamp oh, area. Oh, I thought you were going to say my. on. Your, I thought you were going to say on your bald head.
2: <laughs> no, no, that's gotten a lot of sun, so it's not so bad. But the old tramp stamp area has not seen a lot of sun, so the wind kept blowing my shirt up. So nice. Got a, got a little sunburn back there.
1: Nice. Well, you know, <laughs> do you have a tramp stamp?
2: No, no, I uh, I do not have a single tattoo.
1: Okay. Well, maybe you should get one. I should. What are you, any suggestions? Uh, SPF 30. Um, <laughs> I do need to mention, guys, uh, before we before we get too wrapped up here, that uh, we are brought to you by Audible.com. Rod, you use Audible?
2: Yes, I do. Steve, okay. I am currently listening to Ilium by Dan Simmons. I mentioned that earlier. Yeah, pretty pretty good. Uh, what are you listening to right now? Uh, nothing at the moment.
1: Nicole, do you use Audible?
0: Um, no, I'm still a traditionalist. I love a hardcover, softcover book in my hands.
1: I got you. I got you. I do, I, I do too. But I got
2: to. I got to be honest with you. The the easy easy access of of having these books and and how many they have, it just makes it too good to pass up.
1: Agreed. Over one hundred fifty thousand titles to use from in any genre. Uh, a lot of different autobiographies read by the authors themselves, um, and uh, of course, all of this new canon that's coming out is there. I would. I just want to suggest everyone. You know, if you want to use your free credit that you can get by going to uh, audibletrial.com/slash/geekout, use it on Lords of the Sith because it's good stuff. Paul S. Kemp wrote it. It's narrated by Jonathan Davis, who is a uh, veteran Star Wars novel narrator. Uh, let's see what sample we can get from them here. Not pleased him.
6: Their terror was a tool he used to accomplish his ends. Yoda once had told him that fear led to hate and hate to suffering. But Yoda had been wrong. Fear was a tool used by the strong to cow the weak. Hate was the font of true strength. Suffering was not the result of the rule of the strong over the weak. Order was. By its very existence, the Force mandated the rule of the strong over the weak. The Force mandated order. The Jedi had never seen that, and so they'd misunderstood the Force and been destroyed. But Vader's master saw it. Vader saw it. And so they were strong. And so they ruled.
1: So that's just a small taste of that, that some of Vader's thought processes as he is uh, going through this book. It's a really, really solid look at uh, not only Darth Vader, but also the Emperor. There's some great callbacks. If you like Clone Wars callbacks, they're in there. There's great foreshadowing. There is links to Star Wars. There is links. There are links to Star Wars Rebels. So I can't suggest enough if you're into the Star Wars thing. Uh, Star Wars Lords of the Sith by Paul S. Kemp as narrated by Jonathan Davis. You can get it for free with a free credit and a free 30-day trial at audibletrial.com slash So Nicole, And as
2: Sarah was mentioning in the chat, uh, Audible has Ready Player One yes. as read by Will Wheaton. Will
1: Wheaton. Wheaton. Will Wheaton. Yes. Who's
2: funny because he's actually mentioned, like she says, like three times in the book. Yeah, uh,
1: uh, Scott Rifen. Uh, of my Star Wars story and Dinner for Geeks, texted me when he was reading um, Ready Player One, and he's like, "I found a mistake," and it was like the the studio that uh, or the label, the record label that Hysteria was released on, or something, is is named wrongly in in it, and I'm like, "Come on, dude." <laughs> Maybe like, that was
2: part of the uh, the hunt for the DeLorean.
1: The hunt for the DeLorean.
2: Are you not familiar with that? No. Supposedly, and I don't remember if anybody found it, but supposedly there was an in-game in the book, like a, similar to what the book was about. Right. And the winner won the guy's DeLorean. Won uh, Klein's DeLorean.
1: Oh, my God.
2: Yeah.
0: According to Wikipedia, somebody did find it, did win it.
2: No. Oh, well, by God. Look at... yeah. There's. Yeah, I was gonna. I was gonna go into the. Let me Google that for you, Nicole. Right. But
1: sounds... Thanks, thanks, Nicole. <laughs> that segment. <Appreciate> <laughs> Killed it, dead. Sorry, Miss Jackson. Woo. I so,
2: know. I always think of that every time you say. <laughs> uh, runs through my head.
1: <laughs> well, I'm looking for it right now to see what uh, is Easter Egg on Timmy's I'd Tim feel having
2: your own theme song, Nicole. As long as it's not that one, I
0: hate that song.
2: Oh, well, I don't know what else to have. Then I. I guess I'll let you pick your own theme song.
0: Panic of the disco. They have a good song with my name in it.
2: All right. I'll have to find it. Steve, are you looking to see who
1: won the DeLorean? I am. Craig Queen, who set a new world record in Joust. He was awarded the DeLorean on the TV show X Play.
2: Hmm.
1: Well there you go. The yeah. he oh he had a bunch of different contests. The final stage of contest was announced on August first, two thousand twelve, and it was to set a world record on one of several classic arcade or Atari two thousand six hundred games. So, anyhow, we'll talk about all this with our Ready Player One discussion. Uh, any final thoughts, guys, on uh, on the Heir to the Jedi? Nicole,
0: it was an okay book. You don't really have to. I I don't know. I saw Blessed Cheese Maker when he came into the chat. I saw he I saw him say. You know, he didn't, he really had no plans of reading it. Um, hopefully, maybe we convinced you to just give it a gander. <laughs> I don't know. He was hoping that this discussion would help him want to read it, but we probably didn't.
2: Well, I think it, it is Star Wars. And I mean, it, it wasn't bad. It just, I think we all had high expectations. And, and you know, it, it's interesting, you know, maybe if canon, if the new canon had been five, six books in and we already had some major events, would, would we think differently about this book? Or is this book suffer from the fact that we all wanted something major? You know, we all read that it's Luke right after New Hope where our, where our expectation's a little too high.
1: Yeah, it's interesting because I don't know. I, I, that's a question I can't answer. Um, and again, I need to make it clear that, I, that it's just I'm sitting here and the book didn't blow my hair back. You know, I, it, it didn't give me the gut punch that I like for Star Wars novelizations a lot of times to give me. There's a moment in Lords of the Sith where, it, and it's just a reference to something else. And it just, I was like, oh my gosh, you know. And and I never really got that. It, look, there was a scene of Luke piloting, you know, against the the, the interdictor cruisers. And it's just like... That's great. Luke's doing the pilot thing. You know, he had it, it was the one time you see him really fully confident in himself, you know, and in, Nikari in freaking out. And, and, and so there were some great moments like that, but nothing ever really, even when he goes to the Tomb of the Jedi, you know, I'm thinking, well, there it is. And there are moments like when, when Anakin Skywalker does get mentioned, and it's like, it, and, and for whatever reason, I don't know if it was the mood I was in the day that I was reading that or whatever. But I sh- where I should have gone, the moments where I should have gone, oh my gosh, I was just kind of like, oh, that's pretty cool, I guess, you know? And and I, d- I feel like, I'm going to disagree with you guys, I feel like it has more to do with the first-person narration than anything else. Interesting. I, I think first-person narration a lot of times turns me off to a story, unless it is just performed to you know, executed to perfection as it is in uh, The Martian, you know, where it's more of a conversational uh, thing rather than trying to describe... Because cause the truth of the matter is, is when I am talking about something, unless I'm actually, I don't know, unless I'm telling someone something, I don't go into, like, the full-on description of things that a third person, you know, that a narrator of a book would do. I don't know. I just feel like you got to be careful with the third with the first person, first person, first person narration sometimes, and uh, and maybe that was my thing, maybe, I don't know, I don't know.
2: So you are just not a fan of, of first person narration? Huh? I think
1: I think so. I think that's the thing. Yeah, even though in Ready Player One, first person narrated. Uh, yeah, sure yes. is. I, and I dug it for some reason. My Lanta, I am just a big hypocrite. Hoisted on my own petard. Once again,
2: I know somebody in the chat that'll make happy. They love petard talk.
1: I find myself on the petard once once more. Once well, how more. do you feel about
2: uh, first person books that are also third person? You know, the bounce back and forth, similar to The Martian.
1: That gets confusing. That was one of my criticisms of The Martian. I think I've, I didn't like. It took me it, it it took me a while to get into that whole thing. So, so someone mentioned I Jedi. I never read I Jedi. Because it did, it wasn't about Luke, and when when the EU was rolling, and I realized that we're going to have all these different things, I just wanted Luke, Han, and Leia stories, and so I didn't get into a lot of the side things. I didn't do the Rogue Squadron books. I know everyone's going what, oh. uh, but I never did those books. I never did the uh, the I Jedi, and that sort of thing. So, M. Dunn says Play, Ready Player One needs more noodles. Well. Maybe if they had
2: bacon-flavored Alfredo sauce on them.
1: Here's the thing. Uh, I hope to see in future offerings of Star Wars novels or even um, <laughs> even Rebels or the movies, maybe we'll see some puffer pig bacon come into play.
2: We should. Um, I, I don't even care if I get credit for coming up with bacon in the Star Wars universe out of the puffer pigs. I just want it to be there.
1: I hear you. I hear you. Well, guys, I, I think that's going to wrap us up. So Nicole, um, do you want to give a Twitter shout out? You got anything to plug? Of
0: course, I have something to plug, Steve. All right. So I have decided that I am going to raise a thousand dollars for the uh, cure for diabetes. Oh. So if you uh, go to my Twitter, class of ninety eight for life, C O, nine eight four life.
1: Oh, my lanta. That I've yes. always wondered what that means. Yes, I did too. And it's the class of '98 for life. You guys were a bunch of wrestling fans graduating from high school,
0: basically. Yeah. yeah.
1: <laughs> NWO for life. Uh.
0: But yes, it, that has become my goal for. To, I have, I believe, last time I checked, there is 117 days until this walk slash run. So far I'm at 100 and as of Saturday $138 mm-hmm. and thank you to Wendy, Rod and Sarah for your donations. So just go on my Twitter there is there's a links there's a link there's, a link. there's a, oh, I tweeted it so much it's not there's a link you will find it.
1: All, All right. right.
2: I, I felt like I should donate. I mean the way I eat I'm. let's be honest, I'm going for the beatus. <laughs> so I'm Wilfred Brimley <laughs> and I got the beatus. I got uh, <laughs> the beatus. So I probably should donate for a cure because <laughs> I'm going to need it.
1: So that's at CO984, CO984 live Life. on the Twitter and yeah. find out how you can help uh, Nicole reach her goal to uh, to cure diabetes on the Twitter. Rod, anything you want to plug? Um, I got nothing going on.
2: All right. I'm not fundraising. I just, I'm too, too lazy for that. I'm not you, gonna lie to
1: you. You're at bald headed on the Twitter. Uh, I think that'll find me. Yeah. All you right. Should find me. Uh, don't forget, guys. You can follow Steve Glosson at Steve Glosson at Geek Out Loud at Golaverse Reads, guys. Yeah,
2: that I was is just Twitter. thinking
0: that maybe we should play the Golaverse Reads Twitter. Thank
1: you. <laughs> yeah, apparently, apparently, people don't know about it. Yeah. <laughs> at Golaverse. Yeah. <laughs> well, the host of Geek Out Loud <laughs> didn't. Uh, at Golaverse Reads. At uh, At Goaliverse to find all the stuff that's going on with the Goldiverse happening uh, at Geek Out Loud, of course. Facebook.com slash Geek Out Loud. Don't forget the Goodreads group at goodreads.com. You can go there and join up by going to geekoutonline.com slash reads. Again, thanks everyone who uses the Amazon links at geekoutonline.com and geekoutpodcast.com. Using those links to your Amazon shopping helps us out, and we greatly appreciate it. And to those of you who support us via Patreon, thank you so much. For all of your support, it means the world to me. It saved my life over the past year, and I mean that as literally as possible. So if you want to help us out in any way, head over to patreon.com slash geekoutloud. Uh, finally, the emails: is geekoutonline at gmail.com for geekoutloud. We've got a Golaverse Reads email. It's Reads at gmail.com. So uh, when we're doing the books, if you want to have your voice heard, get in on it that way. Rod, Nicole, thank you guys so much for all the work you do keeping the group going and keeping us up to date with new books and everything. Uh, Next month, we'll be discussing Ready Player One, one of my favorite books I've read in a long time.
2: I've actually read and listened to it, so I guess I'm going to listen to it again. If I can get a working iPod between them.
1: Will Wheaton. 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 Will, Will Wheaton. Thank you guys for coming on. Enjoyed having you on. It's always fun to talk the wars, no matter what we're talking. And uh, thanks, you guys, for joining us in the chat live at Mixer.com slash Goldiverse for Bald Headed Rod for Class of 98 for life. (laughs) 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 I'm Steve Gloss, and we'll see you next time on Geek Out Loud. See you, everybody.
0: See you, guys.